podcast presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. Welcome to the Halloween 2006 AV podcast. Coming up in this week's Hardware Edition, we visit Sony in London to witness Blu-ray in action and discuss our findings. And Jason gives us the insider knowledge from the Gadget Show. This week's this week's audio visual news. In the AV news, new plasmas from Panasonic. The UK's second Blu-ray player, this time from Samsung, a top-end DVD player from Denon, and good news for NTL Telewest customers. The big news this week, quite literally, is the arrival in the UK of Panasonic's 103-inch plasma screen. We went along to the unveiling of this monster, and I have to say that just saying the words 103-inch doesn't remotely prepare you for just how massive the thing is. To try and give you some perspective, it weighs in at over 200 kilograms with its stand, and the picture area is more than four 50-inch screens with a few inches to spare. Obviously, this makes the TH-103PF9EK just a wee bit impractical for your average living room. But where Panasonic believes its king-size screen will work very nicely is as a direct replacement for a projection screen in a dedicated home cinema room. So you can enjoy cinematic picture sizes with TV levels of brightness and without the installation hassles associated with projectors. This beast of a screen is specified to the eyeballs too. For instance, it boasts a full HD resolution of 1920 by 1080 pixels. can take all types of 1080p feeds, has a claimed contrast ratio of 5,000 to 1, and reckons to produce an impressive 4,096 steps of colour gradation. If you fancy a 103PF9EK though, we suggest you start saving right away. For Panasonic reckons the screen will cost the small matter of £50,000 when it launches in December. The good news for those of us who'd generally only consider spending 50 grand on a house is that Panasonic is also rolling out new 65 and 50 inch full HD screens as well. In fact, the 65 inch model is available pretty much now in screen only and full TV incarnations, with the TV version costing around £8,500. The 50-inch version has proved tougher to deliver due to Panasonic having to shrink its 1920x1080 pixels onto such a relatively small screen, but it should still arrive before Christmas for an as-yet-unconfirmed price. Now, we announced last week that the first Blu-ray player, Panasonic's DMP BD10, had finally hit UK stores, and this week things on the HD disc front have hotted up some more with the arrival of Samsung's BDP1000. This seems, on average, to be selling for a couple of hundred quid cheaper than the Panasonic model, though it is noticeably less heavily specced, especially on the video processing front. Intriguingly though, a new product from Denon, the £1,000 DVD 3930, reminds us that there's arguably a third side to what's traditionally seen as a straight slug between Blu-ray and HD DVD. The DVD 3930 doesn't play Blu-ray or HD DVD discs, but instead applies state-of-the-art video processing from Rialta to convert your current standard definition DVDs into a variety of HD formats, including 1080p. 
And Denon's argument is that instead of spending a grand on a Blu-ray or HD DVD product that might become defunct in a year or two if one format fails, you're better off spending a grand on something that will make your current discs look as good as they possibly can. To our mind, there does seem to be one or two holes in this argument, not least the fact that if one of the HD formats wins in the next year or two, then arguably high-end upscaling decks like the Denon might themselves become defunct, as you'll find yourself wanting to buy a proper HD player instead. But then, if anyone can produce upscale pictures good enough to change our minds, Denon can. So, the next-gen DVD war seems to have grown an extra front. How depressing is that? Finally this week, we've news of an interesting new development in the way TV is delivered to our homes. Channel 4 have signed an agreement with NTL TeleWest to provide an on-demand programming service, meaning that for the first time, subscribers to NTL TeleWest's digital TV service will be able to catch up on the Channel 4 schedule and watch classic shows such as Shameless, Queer as Folk, Drop the Dead Donkey and Jamie's School Dinners. Apparently, the three-year contract will provide NTL TeleWest customers with hundreds of hours of Channel 4 programming with the content being refreshed on a regular basis and including a seven-day free catch-up service for the majority of Channel 4's prime-time TV schedule. We at AV Forums are all in favour of such on-demand services and are keeping our fingers crossed that Sky responds with more similar services of its own. Join the discussion at Europe's largest home cinema website. Log in to avforums.com. Jason's Gadget of the Week. As regular listeners to this podcast will know, each week I bring you a kind of behind the scenes from uh, my work on The Gadget Show here on UK Channel 5. And uh, this week, well, I've got to talk about an event that I did mention earlier a couple of weeks ago on the AV podcast, uh, but wasn't able, wasn't actually allowed to, uh, to give any details on. And that is, of course, the opportunity for me to get my hands on a Nintendo Wii. Uh, it really was, for me, the highlight of this week's episode. In fact, as I sit here doing the podcast, it's only just gone out on Channel 5. We didn't talk too much about it during the show or, or give any kind of tech spec. It was more uh, a surprise. I walked into the studio and there was a Nintendo Wii uh, sitting, ready for me to pick up. Um, and as it was a complete surprise, organised by the, uh, the production team, it, it kind of added to the whole kind of Christmas morning feel for me. Just to put in context, I'm an avid gamer and... I've long talked about physical gaming as being what I perceive to be the next kind of evolutionary leap for gaming. You know, you know, even I'm kind of bored with my joystick or keyboard and mouse and, and want something a little bit more um, interactive. Maybe I'm, dead, I'm showing my age, but I've got to say that uh, with the three of us, the other two presenters, John and Susie, and me playing uh, a game of uh, table tennis with the, the Wii controllers, the wireless controllers, it really has got some, some serious clout that machine it's a completely unique experience um and as a family man as well i'm i'm you know i'm uh, i just can't wait for my daughter to grab it even though she's only she'll be about two at christmas but she'll definitely be old enough to appreciate it i played the sports pack that comes with it um and a few other titles but the, the game that impressed me most was zelda which was brilliant um and involved me using what's called the nunchuck, which I know most of you listening to this will have come across online. Um, so I've got my, my left hand holding the nunchuck and the, uh, the wireless controller in my right hand and there's a kind of cable between the two. It's just a really, it's a completely new experience. Um, it almost feels like you're holding something that's designed by an artist, something that you ought to kind of give respect to. Uh, it's quite heavy as well. It's a very sort of, they're both very well balanced uh, peripherals and so um, there's a very very different sense to the kind of lightweight plastic joystick 
uh, that most of us have grown up with. Simple acts like walking or turning around and looking around your environment are just really fulfilling because of the physical nature of them. Um, and then the complicated stuff in Zelda like uh, firing an arrow or sword fighting is just too cool. In fact, I'm really hoping that they bring out a, a kind of adult-orientated hardcore sword fighting game because I'm convinced that that's when the controller will come into its own. Anyway, despite having uh, obvious relations with uh, Nintendo, I've still put an order in at the Merkle Gaming Shop and I've made sure that Zelda's on my list for um, December the 8th and, and also Call of Duty 3, which I didn't get to play, but I would imagine having used the controller is going to be in a class of its own. So that's it from behind the scenes at this week's Gadget Show. It's more than just stuff. I would deem it excellent. This is the AV Podcast. This week, the AV Play and AV Forums editorial team, along with invited forum members, attended a very special Sony Blu-ray event in London. In a roundtable discussion, Phil Hinton, Seth Gecko, and Stuart Wright discussed the highs and lows of what was seen and heard. This week's roundtable discussion, hosted by Phil Hinton. Today, our live roundtable discussion is taking place at a nice trendy bar and restaurant in West London. We have all travelled down to this venue at the invitation of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Hosting the event was Don Eklund, Executive Vice President of Advanced Technologies at Sony. Because we're an audio medium, we can't show you what was demonstrated. But Don from Sony was kind enough to discuss the equipment used and the clips we were shown, as well as quickly going over the main issues that were raised. Uh, Well, we prepared a sample tape. Uh, on HDKMSR, that's the master tape format that our studio uses, and in fact that many studios use uh, for HD uh, masters. Um, that split screen included a DVD uh, against the Blu-ray, and it included um, Blu-ray as compared to the master, uh, and that was split um, uh, within one, one raster. Uh, then we also showed you the master for Black Hawk Down and compared that to the uh, Blu-ray disc for Black Hawk Down, uh, and everyone seemed to be satisfied that it was very difficult to distinguish any difference between those two. Uh, And I believe we also demonstrated um, uh, some uh, animation um, from one of our upcoming releases, Open Season, on Blu-ray. A lot of reviews so far have probably mistaken film grain for uh, noise compression and so on with the Uh, compression issues. Can you just go over that for our listeners for us? Yeah, there there does seem to be an interesting um, fixation on on the codec issues, which codec is used for uh, our titles. Uh, Frankly, we're willing to use um, any codec, uh, provided that it it meets our needs for picture quality and and for production efficiency. Uh, What we found to date is that the Sony MPEG-2 codec that we're using has been uh, outstanding in terms of production efficiency and at the bit rates we're using uh, is also working very well for picture quality. Uh, there are occasions when if we've got to use uh, a different codec uh, in order to uh, to make a, a particularly long title fit on uh, a BD-25 will do so, um, but to this date uh, that hasn't been required. What's the big selling point for Blu-ray at this moment in time? Well, particularly uh, for the European customers, having uh, the disc capacity of a dual-layer Blu-ray is going to be essential for being able to deliver either uh, uncompressed or lossless sound uh, and transparent picture quality. 
Um, there's just no substitute for disk capacity when we're including uh, multiple languages uh, at the highest possible quality level uh, and also uh, the highest quality picture uh, on titles that are sometimes, you know, in excess of 130 or 140 minutes. Don, thank you very much for taking your time out of your busy schedule. Uh, I know you're waiting to go, go back to the States as we speak, so thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. So after Don had left to catch his plane, Stuart Wright, Seth Gecko, myself and forum member Lawrence Fletcher all sat down in a rather noisy restaurant area and discussed what we'd seen. So first of all, Seth, what did you see and what did you think? Um, we basically saw HD PowerPoint presentation um, on screen. They went through all the key features of Blu-ray, etc., etc. Um, once they'd got that out of the way with which... We'll, I'm sure we'll come back to in a sec. We saw the difference between standard DVD and Blu-ray discs, and then we went one step forward, and we actually saw the original masters of the movies, um, which was Click and Black Hawk Down, versus the Blu-ray versions of those side-by-side side for um, comparison purposes. In terms of what we saw, I think that the Click and the um, Black Hawk Down uh, demos are going to be eye-opening on one side, but are going to fuel a completely new war as well, because if you ignore the Click demo, the Black Hawk Down um, movie itself is very grainy. It was designed to give it uh, a realistic, real-life situation like a documentary, so it's going to be very grainy. Now, the problem is, is having I've, I've seen the movie in the cinema, I've seen it on DVD, I've now seen the Master and the Blu-ray versions side-by-side, side, and you're going to get a lot of people going to start criticising the format because of that. And moving on to Stuart. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was very interesting the, the direct split screen comparison between DVD and Blu-ray. I think those of us that have really had a close look at uh, the picture from DVD have usually noticed some edge enhancement, and that was evident in this demonstration. There was none in the Blu-ray uh, example that we saw. If if Blu-ray continues forward with that kind of standard on all discs. You know, that would be something that would interest me a lot. Thinking wider, you know, if HD, DVD and Blu-ray, either of them, uh, improve over DVD, as much as we, as we saw in this demonstration, you know, I think it's, it's going to be extremely convincing and, and, and people are really going to want to buy into either or both formats. It's just a case, I think, that people have got to see the improvement. I myself have used use the comparison previously that, that DVD was, is, has been a major improvement over VHS and uh, Blu-ray and HD DVD are going to see the same kind of leap in, in quality and, and that, that was really evident and I was quite impressed. And next up we have Lawrence Fletcher who posts as L Fletcher on the forums and you're a bit of a HD fan, you have both formats. What did you think of what Sony had to show us today? Yeah, pretty much agreeing what, um, with everybody else had to say. The actual quality of their product appears to be very good. Certainly uh, on the same sort of standards as what everyone seems to think is the best format at the moment being HD DVD. Um, HD DVD even. The split screen demos that they were showing you between the DVD and the, the Blu-ray edition obviously shows you what great enhancements the high-definition picture is going to give you over standard definition. Uh, and then when Sony split the Blu-ray version against the master, it was very, very difficult to tell which was which, which is obviously what everyone's looking for. With regards to Black Hawk Down and the master, as people have said, it's a grainy film. The Blu-ray version, which appeared to be a pressed disc, so it's what you're going to be able to buy yourselves in a, in a few months' time, it looked like the master, but it's very, very grainy. And are you then going to get the arguments that MPEG-2 
Uh, it's still not a very good format because it, it's not going to give you the same that VC1 will, but they've shown us that the master, the Blu-ray disc are essentially the same thing. Uh, I thought one of the interesting things that the, uh, the Sony guys were saying, unless you've got a full HD screen, you're not going to see the benefits of these formats. And I think certainly for most of the UK at the moment, there are very, very few full HD resolution screens. So just to bring the listener up to speed, what was it that we actually saw the, the demonstration on? Um, the screens that um, Sony was showing on were a side-by-side 46-inch um, X-series LCD. It's the 1920x1080 uh, the resolution screen, so pretty much their latest technology, and uh, they're fairly impressive screens. The equipment that they were showing it on was the, uh, the Samsung Blu-ray player, and they also had a, uh, a D5 Master unit, which apparently is £100,000. Um. One thing that I thought was very interesting um, uh, from the demonstration, seeing both these screens side to side, it was very difficult, to, as, as Lawrence said, to distinguish between the Blu-ray version and the, um, the Master um, but something that it really did illustrate was that to really get the most out of uh, Blu-ray and HD DVD, uh, you're really going to need a 1080p screen. You really are, which mean, which and obviously those aren't exactly cheap. Um, 720p is just not going to cut it. The only um, differences I noticed between the Blu-ray and the Master, um, especially of Black Hawk Down, was that the Master had much better black levels, which was noticeable, um, specifically uh, with flesh tones as well. They appeared much more natural on the Master than they did on the Blu-ray, which could be early technology mastering codec issues. The other one was that the grain was actually reduced on the Blu-ray um, demo as a uh, on black hawk down compared to the master the master was actually far grainier as a source compared to the uh, blu-ray edition yeah with higher definition pictures we're going to see more problems within the transfers and uh, it was yourself Lawrence that mentioned fifth element so what was the problems with fifth element the problem with the uh, the blu-ray version of fifth, fifth element at the moment is is that the actual print that they used is very very poor there's lots of dirt, scratches on it. Um, it's not great high definition, um, but it is a poor master to start with. So if you're obviously starting with a very, very poor master, then what you get out for the Blu-ray disc version is not going to be as, as good as it could have been. One of the interesting things that Sony did mention was that the master for the Blu-ray version was the same master that they used on the Superbit version. Um, because they had such good reviews for the Superbit version, they thought that they could just go ahead and use the existing master. Um, but that's obviously one of the things about the high definition format is that they may have to do, redo some of their masters because certainly in my opinion the fifth element is not up to scratch as you know reference quality high definition uh lawrence uh you've actually got both uh, an hd dvd player and a uh, blu-ray player not very many people have got both of those what's your opinion actually of the two formats and and, and uh, what movies have you uh, seen on them to uh, to to form your opinion I prefer, you know, at the moment I would say certainly from my perspective, HD DVD is doing a better job of making more films that have a wow factor. Um, I've only had my Blu-ray player for just over a week, but certainly from the, the stuff I've been demoing it with, uh, things like The Fifth Element, which I knew was going to be quite bad because of the reviews that I've read about it, but uh, Underworld Evolution, Into the Blue, uh, even the better ones like Tears of the Sun... Uh, Corpse Bride, etc. There's just they don't have 
the same wow factor as some of the HD DVD discs. Not all of them, uh, but it's just a case of, I suppose, I'm disappointed at the moment with Blu-ray. They're not really getting uh, to their full potential at the moment, and it'll be interesting to see what uh, the newer Sony releases are like, like Black Hawk Down, etc. Well, guys, one thing that blew me away um, was the um, open season trailer. And this was a, a direct digital transfer from the original elements. And I've got to say, it blew me away. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I don't know about you guys. I thought it was a very good demo. Um, the one thing that probably stuck in my mind more than anything else, unfortunately, was a bit of the hard sell from the Sony guy, um, trying to say that uh, it's the, sort of better than Pixar, it's better than Monster House, etc. I'm not 100% convinced that that would be uh, you know, fair, because bear in mind that those tit- most of those titles, other than Monster House, aren't actually out on a high-def format as such. And because they're all in the digital domain, they should look all very, very much the same in terms of the pristine colours, pristine print, lack of grain, etc. Although he did mention that Monster House suffered from intentional grain because that was how the filmmakers uh, wanted it. But uh, overall, that was a very, very impressive piece of uh, demoing. However, not to knock HD DVD, there's nothing in the um, Blu-ray demo there that probably couldn't be done on the HD DVD format either. Um, yeah, the open season demo was uh, it was quite remarkable. You know, I remember when we first saw uh, Monsters Inc. Um, with the uh, all of the the fur on on Sully. You know how uh, fantastically natural that looked, and um, this this was another example of that. You know, it was, yes, it was a wow factor. You look at it, you think you know there's a lot of information there, and 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 the fact that it's in high definition, you know, 1080p, uh, you can see even more of it. And once you've seen it, you, you, you I've feel like you kind of well every time i'm watching something on dvd now I'm, I'm kind of watching something that's second best so in that respect the kind of the demo did kind of uh, sell itself yeah from my perspective it, it was a very good trailer but it's it's cgi uh i've never seen bad cgi in high definition so and as already been mentioned that it'll look exactly the same on hd dvd as it would on blu-ray cgi looks good on dvd uh, I don't think that is going to be the best example of either of the, the two formats and what they have to offer. So obviously the point for us being here today was to see Blu-ray in the flesh and obviously and to ask Don some questions about the format, which, uh, in all fairness, he's been very open with us today and he's showing us uh, all the different aspects of the Blu-ray format. What did you guys take from a day which maybe you didn't know beforehand or, or didn't appreciate beforehand? Um, from my point of view, I would say the biggest thing I learned today was the position of the layer of the Blu-ray data on the actual disc itself is very, very close to the lower surface, which to me makes it look as though it is going to suffer more uh, potential damage for dust and scratches to actually affect the disc um, the presentation that he showed us he showed us where the layer on the HD DVD was and it was about halfway um, between the top and the bottom layer on, on the Blu-ray it's literally right at the bottom um, and I think that if, that, if it's going to have a negative it's going to be a case of how fragile the disc itself is going to be Yeah, it was, for me uh, it, it, it was very useful to see um Sony's representation of standard uh, definition DVD 
um, right next to the uh, high-definition version. They uh, were trying to stress that it was a genuine representation, DVD and Blu-ray um, split-screen. Um, no reason to doubt that. Um, certainly, um, uh, uh, that was very effective. I think anybody looking at that are going to be swayed by it. And also, uh, it was interesting to see the uh, having never had a play even with a, a Blu-ray or HDTV player, um, the power and flexibility of the menus seemed to be quite interesting. A lot of people like the menus on their DVDs and um, the extra features that you get with um, uh, with Blu-ray um, did seem to be interesting. And um, I think from a family point of view, the fact that you can have uh, Java-powered games is going to be an interesting one because um, there's going to be um, potential there for added extras that the kids are going to enjoy. Um, I thought that their side-by-side comparisons between standard definition, Blu-ray and the Master were all rather interesting. Uh, I was also interested to learn that they said that uh, they are testing AVC and VC1 codecs. Um, so certainly from a Columbia Pictures and Sony, that could be quite interesting going forward. Also, uh, a little surprising at the bit rates that they said they were using for some of the titles. Blackhawk Down, he mentioned that uh, it was going to be 30 megasecond. Click was 25 megasecond. And Tears of the Sun, which certainly a lot of people seem to think is a very good Blu-ray disc, was only using uh, 16.7 megasecond uh, in, in MPEG-2. So it's, it's quite interesting to see what it can do. I mean, sadly to me, the one thing that's going against Blu-ray at this moment in time is the price. Uh, the price of the hardware, especially uh, when compared to HD DVD. However, picture-wise and feature-wise, I was very, very impressed with Blu-ray, and I, I don't think as we go on we're going to see that much a difference between the two formats, maybe apart from price. Now, I tried to ask Don about the price, and he seemed to skirt around the issue, but do we really think that price is going to be such a big issue when, when this format hits the high street? I have to go with the price. It will be a huge issue um, for for the average punter. Um, I remember when DVD players came out, and you were talking two, three, four hundred pounds. Joe Public didn't really care about it, but they really picked up steam when we were getting thirty, forty pounds uh, players available in Tesco's, and but you know, practically coming through with Christmas crackers these days. He mentioned more on in terms of the software in terms of pricing that it wasn't much difference to a DVD title and realistically he is right the difference between the price of an HD and a Blu-ray title really isn't that much difference um, to a, a regular DVD title but um, I think the hardware investment is uh, particularly steep uh, it really does depend on your setup um, he was mentioning the uncompressed soundtracks um, but also saying that the PS3 will be a very good player but unless you've got an HDMI out for the audio um, to your amplifier you're not going to be able to use the uncompressed soundtracks with a PS3 so there is a lot of things to keep in mind regarding the players um, and the compatibility and what you will and won't get out of the systems Yes I think uh, uh, price is a big deal as well Um, the whole Blu-ray or HD DVD issue is complicated for the general public I think because uh, some studios support uh, uh, the one format and and other studios support the other and people will expect to be able to buy a player, uh, particularly if they're spending in the order of a thousand pounds and to be able to uh, get all of their favourite movies available on the format not just some of them and if they're going into a, a local store and they don't know much about what's on offer and don't know, perhaps they haven't visited the AV forums and they uh, haven't read up much on the subject, 
and they're going to be looking at maybe a Toshiba for 500 quid and they're going to be looking at a, a Panasonic or a Samsung for a £1,000, well, you know, it's going to be a have to, it's going to have to be a pretty convincing argument um, uh, to persuade them to part with with the, the extra cash. I think. Yeah, I, I certainly think that the price of the machines at the moment um, is quite a big disparity between them, uh, and certainly if if its price is a main feature, you're not even going to look at Blu-ray because it's twice as much at the moment. Um, I would say that we are in the enthusiastic period um, of either of the formats and. By the time that Joe Public really wants to buy into these things, I would assume that both HD, DVD and Blu-ray would probably be at a much more competitive price. There is obviously the argument that by the time that either system is available at a reasonable price, and we're not talking 500 to to £1,000, we're talking 100 to £200, it could be argued that the war between the formats could be over and done with because of the enthusiasts. And you have to bear in mind that uh, Sony still have got the bugbear in their system about um, encoding for regions. Yeah, I think... Um, uh the important, the important target audience at the moment is, is got to be the early adopters. Um, us folks at the AV forums are, 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 have got to be um, one of the main focuses that, of, of the marketing drives, I think, which is why we're at this event. But I think region coding is going to be a, a, an issue. I mean, you know, uh, um, by far the, the, the largest proportion of my DVDs are region one. And uh, I'd find it very difficult to buy into a format that didn't give me some flexibility with regard to, you know, where I purchase my DVDs from. Um, at the moment, Toshiba's HD DVD player is and always will be region free. And there are some issues with whether Blu-ray will be uh, region coded or not. And Don did say that, um, did imply that if we bought uh, American players, they would actually uh, play discs from all regions. Is that correct? Did I, did I get that bit correct? From, from what he implied, I believed that what he was saying was region coding-wise, the blockbusters would be region encoded, but catalogue wouldn't. They would stay region free. That's what I took as, as being the answer. Now, based on what we've seen today, and let's be honest, we didn't see HD DVD side-by-side side with Blu-ray, but based on what we've been told today and what we've seen in the presentation what we've seen uh, visually with the, the two screens and the split comparisons and so on. If you were to put uh, any money on a winner, or if you were to jump off the fence onto one side, do you think uh, that's changed after today? Uh, I don't think my viewpoint has changed too much. Um, I'm still of the humble opinion that the war will be won primarily by if uh, by making a a true killer application i think that if they brought out lord of the rings on hd dvd or star wars on blu-ray in by for christmas or something that would do a huge impact um for the sales and would hurt the other side dearly the obvious other one is the price tag still um twice the amount for the for of a for a blu-ray player over an hd dvd player it's just too much to swallow for most people um, I'm going to kind of sit on the fence a little bit, really, because uh, I, I honestly now don't have a clue which which format's going to win. It's going to be very difficult, I think, to tell the future, even with the complications of the PS3 in March and um, the the uh, Xbox 360 130 quid drive. It's it's the, it's a very complicated issue. I'm just really uh, um, happy to see s- such a uh, uh, you know the evolution in um, home entertainment is revolutionary, and it's. Uh, I think it looks awesome. Um, 
we didn't really get a demo of the sound. I think it's going to uh, sound awesome. And uh, I think the, the HD DVD and Blu-ray, one or the other, both together, um, together with, um, you know, uh, the, the effect that Sky uh, uh, HD has had on the market. I think it's, it's kind of given a real impetus to the home cinema market now if it means that it's, it's given something for us enthusiasts to spend our hard-earned cash on um, as if we needed an excuse. And it's actually, I think, going to um, uh, interest uh, um, the general public as well um, provided that, that they can actually see an example of it working, can get, can, um, get the message that it is such a revolutionary increase in performance in their, in their home cinema. From having a foot in both camps at the moment, I really don't think the demonstration has changed my mind either way at the moment. HD DVD to me is offering uh, a better picture quality on average um, than Blu-ray, but I certainly think they're getting better uh, and better w- with time. I think ultimately the war is is going to be fought on price, uh, content, you know, uh, and you know at the end of the day, this is all about watching films and enjoying films. Um, so, uh, if only one format has the films that you want to buy on it, which one are you going to buy? So there you have it. We'll sign off from the hospital in West London. And a very big thank you to Sony for inviting us along today to see Blu-ray. Hopefully this will be the start of uh, many relationships between the AV podcast and the companies. And it's quite encouraging to see that they're actually um, pitching their new formats at the early adopter market, isn't it? Yes, it's um, really keen to see that um, they're, they're, they're showing us plenty of content. You know, they had uh, various titles on the uh, the tables. You know, uh, we're not just talking the CD discs that originally played the uh, promotions. We're actually seeing full retail package boxes. We're seeing players. We're seeing the actual you know real McCoy working, um, and arguably the, the fact that they're. Um, talking to the internet press, um, the internet sites, and then the real enthusiasts is very positive. This is a, a marketing issue, I think, which is um, um, illustrating how the relationship between manufacturers of, of home cinema equipment in the UK and the internet is uh, developing. Um, I think um, uh, the advertising industry in general now is, is kind of recognising that community-based websites like the AV forums are um, having a real influence over what people think about uh, uh, products and um, of course, the reason why we were invited here today is is for Sony to generate a little bit of viral marketing. We'll talk about what we've seen on the forums, and uh, and people will start chatting about that. I mean, and, and from my point of view, as as owner of the AV forums, I mean, that's a good thing that that um, manufacturers are starting to recognise um, the the importance and, and the power of communities like the AV forums. Um, certainly, we have more readers than than any UK home entertainment. Um, hardware-based magazine and um, finally it seems that they're starting to recognise that. Um, yeah, as a member of the public, you know, normally you wouldn't be invited to anything like uh, anything like this so it, it's, it's interesting that they are reaching out to forums and uh, the members of the public to try and, and get the word out about their product and they're obviously seeing that it does have a benefit uh, in the long run. It's not every day that we get invited to such demonstrations. And to be honest, the six-hour round trip, which I personally had to take, was well worth the effort. We got to see Blu-ray in all its glory. And our thanks to Don Eklund for being on hand to explain all the inside knowledge when it comes to this format.
I guess our minds are still not quite made up at this moment in time, but it certainly gives us food for thought. And hopefully what you've seen from either the podcast or the posts on the forums, as well as the photographs and videos from the event, will help you understand the Blu-ray format that little bit better. It's early days, and nobody at this moment in time can say which format, if any, will win. All we can say is stay tuned. Brought to you by AV Forums and AVPlay.com. Oh my God, is there nothing you people can't do? This is the AV Podcast. And that's just about all we have time for in this week's hardware edition of the AV Podcast. Don't forget, we really value your feedback. If you'd like to leave comments, you can go to the avforums.com podcast forum and leave us a post. Or you can contact us by email at podcast at avforums.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice message, you can do that on our answering service. Just call 0208 123 9587. Thanks, Phil. And that wraps up this week's AV podcast. This is Jason Bradbury saying thanks for listening. Stay subscribed and tell your friends. The AV Podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. The audio-visual news was written by John Archer. Original music by Andrew Bassett. The AV Play review team were Chris McAnini, Cass Harlow, Simon Crust, and Seth Gecko. The gaming news and reviews were presented by Ian Collin and Seth Gecko. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton, and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2N Limited.